Yo, what's going on everyone? It's Brian and Jim here with Drink a Beer and Play a Game, and welcome to another episode of The Power Act. Yes, hello everyone, and welcome to episode 120. How are you doing tonight, everybody? Thank you for joining us, as usual. I feel like shit. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Wimmy was doing day drinking, and now it hurts his head. Oh my like... fucking god. So, we had a like a little birthday party get-together over my house, and... I was like a six-pack in of uh, Keystones. Then I did that thing where it's like, oh, okay, I don't know if I'm leaving the house later tonight or not to go to Brian's to record. So I was like, I'll stop drinking now. So as we all know, if you day drink and stop, you have one of two options. You either start drinking again or you go to bed. Because if you don't do either of those, then you feel like dog shit. That's where I'm but at Jim, right now. you said Keystone and six-pack. Yeah. That should be like water to you by now. I mean, it still basically is, but that's the kind of water that I can keep drinking continuously for long spans of hours on end. But like any other alcohol, if you drink and stop and you don't do anything else about it, then it turns into ouchies. Yeah, that is, uh, I guess that's a good point. Well, let me ask you, were you stupid and you didn't do any water in between any of them? No, I actually did do some water. Hmm. Now, what about, uh, were you actually eating? Um, uh, I had a couple of pretzels, not real any eating until after. Hmm. So that brings up the question, what are you doing, drinking now to try and help that Keystone head? I have a golden monkey. <laughs> that, <laughs> not the best thing to combo be with. I was going to say, I'm going to be honest, that doesn't sound like uh, it's going to help you that No, much. it's probably not the smartest, but I'm going to treat this as a <laughs> sipper. <laughs> Because actually, uh, to get into tonight's episode and the next couple, we're going to try something a little different. We're going to try and keep the episodes a little shorter. Now, when we have guests on, you know, that just all goes out the window, depending on the flow. Yeah. But we're going to try and keep the episodes a little bit shorter. I mean, Patreon questions will still be getting all the love they deserve and everything like that. But for the most part, try and cut out some of the fat here and there when we can. So, yeah, every but, uh, every week between me and Brian does not have to be two hours. <laughs> or does it? Jim? No. <laughs> No, it does not. Yeah. Um, all right, so you're going Golden Monkey. I think we've talked about that a lot on this show. Yeah. But I'm trying one. Did you ever try the Honest Trav's Dive Bar Ale from Saucony Creek? No, but I like the name. Did you ever see this can? No, I have not. So it's cool. It's got like a neon look to it. Uh, it's 4.8 or 4.62%. It's an ale brewed with wheat, coriander, and orange peel. So kind of think like... Uh, Blue, blue moonish with a little bit more of a spice. Interesting. And at four point six percent, interesting. Um, Hazier than I'd expect. Yeah. I gotta stay from the IPA titties, so. No, oh, that is true. <laughs> Speaking of titties, right now, I'm actually wearing <laughs> the green version of our T-shirt, which luckily yeah. with the camera angle going on right now, the it, actually I have to say, looking down, it does a decent job of uh, not accentuating the titters. Even though it's a lighter material, very comfortable. Ask anyone who's bought one already. Yeah, so I think we've had every color covered. I have black. I know Travis has black. You and Alex have green. Uh, Peekaboozy has blue. Tina had the like military green or olive green. I don't know. What, I forget what color that is. Yeah, Pat the singer from my band thing, has blue. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He's got blue, and somebody else ordered blue too. I think the only color we haven't covered is white yet. Yeah, I haven't seen a white. I, and white was one. I was like, is that going to go good? I mean, I guess it would. But granted, anyone drinking beers probably doesn't want a white shirt on. So, But anyone watching someone drink beers would want to watch them drink beer in a white shirt. Case of mishaps. You mean like a wet t-shirt con? 
contest. Hey, you said it. I'm a good boy. I'm just talking about mishaps over here. Jim, is that the next uh, Instagram challenge? What, T-Shirt Tuesdays? Hey. <laughs> Whatever gets them likes and clout. <laughs> oh, Jamber. So, uh, so as you said, we this will be a shorter episode, but um, what have you actually been playing this past week? Um... What have I been playing? All right, so as people saw with my latest Let's Play, I actually sat down finally with my edition of Mario Golf to ride the trend of the new Mario Golf coming out. So I uh, enjoyed my time with that. Uh, actually started playing, of all games, two things on the Switch. Um, Samurai Jack, Battle Through Time, and, okay. and Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle. So is that the first turn-based tactical kind of shooter you've played? No, what do you call it? I've played like I've played some of Fire Emblem before. I've played like uh, Final Fantasy Tag. I've played like tactical RPGs before, but I guess but never something... like the newer XComs, right? Yeah, I never touched XCOM, so yeah, this is like yeah. XCOM Lite, basically. Yeah. Okay. How are you liking it so far? So far, so good. I'm only like I don't know, a half hour in, a couple battles in, but I'm having fun with it so far. Freaking colorful as hell. Love the graphics in the <laughs> game, and it's like it's nice and goofy, like the rabbits, like. They're goofy and annoying, but like not in that overly minion annoying way. So, mm. uh, so like there's enough charm and personality in the game. I do like it's definitely a game that's made for a younger audience because like in between the battles you like run around like basically a version of Mushroom Kingdom, and like you you know you can collect stuff and you know activate little things to unlock you know treasure chests for swag. I kind of wish I could just skip all that and just go battle to battle to battle, but mm -hmm. you know it is what it is. But so far I'm liking it. By the way, I was amazed with your video, and the link is below for Jim's, uh, I guess, first playthrough with Mario Golf. How have you never played that till now? Like, between your love of 64 and golf. Didn't own like, it as a kid. That's crazy, the, but I still would have thought you would have just, over the years, gotten it, your hands on it. I finally got around to getting it, like, last year, but just never really got around to sitting down and playing with it. Like, there's either something I was in the middle of, or, like, you know, doing stuff for the site, so... Never just sat down to play with it, but that's yeah, good. Basically runs on the uh, engine for Hot Shots Golf, but yeah, it's a tough son of a bitch. <laughs> I did not have a good round. <laughs> I was going to say, you uh, you had some issues there, didn't you, Jim? Much like real golf. I could not get a birdie <laughs> to save my life. Jim, just be happy I wasn't playing against you. Because that would have made the experience worse. <laughs> well, I'm sure some bullfucker would have gone on. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, this week it's been very light for me. I've uh, continued my Dead by De Daylight. I completed my Leon challenge. I started my Nemesis. Got two 4K games back to back, which never happens. And I know I'm going to be cursed moving forward. Um, but then uh, with our buddies Mole and Eric, I actually did a little bit of Black or Warzone. Man, there's no such thing as training or uh, muscle memory with that game. I've been out of it for, like, easily two or three months. I suck. I mean, really bad. So it's uh, it's going to be a, quite a sight when you get back on and we stream it all together. God. <laughs> Warzone's that thing that, like, even more... Because, like, Call of Duty's falling off the map, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's not like it doesn't sell. It still sells, but it's not, you know, what it was in the Modern Warfare 2 times. But... Mm -hmm. No, no, I was about to say, it wasn't for a while. Yeah. Warzone's kind of brought it back, because, like, the people who play Warzone, that's Dude. all they play. It's insane. Like, that's, right now. That's all they play, and they play it all the time. That's it. Yeah, and even our buddy Mole, like, he has, he's never out-houred me on a Call of Duty. He He's, like, tripled or quadrupled my numbers. Jesus. Um, 
And it's funny because, like, even the mention of, like, well, do you want to do some regular mode? It's like, nope. Just Warzone. Warzone all the time. It's like that and Fortnite. I know Fortnite still probably dominates in that. Oh, realm. yeah. Yeah. But Warzone, man, it is, uh, whew, there's a lot there. And I enjoy it, but, uh, yeah, for me, the magic's gone. But, um, no, this week, I actually will be diving into some new games, especially one that we will have new reviews coming out for, Uh since we're getting a certain one out of the way soon. Finally. (sighs) Certain Patreon requests that's been sitting there for a long time. Well, game or well, Jim, it is a game that uh, can take upwards of a hundred hours. So yeah, I mean, it's not kind of sixty-four. We talked about it enough times. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, no. So gaming-wise, can't say too much. But speaking of our Patreons, Jim, what uh, what of our questions for the week? Patreon.com slash drink a beer and play a game. Where for as little as two dollars a month, you can ask a question that we will answer on each and every single episode of the Power Hour podcast. So, first up, uh, like we talked about last episode, one of those holdovers from Dean. So, from Dennis Vanderbrook. Do you care for puzzle elements in horror games at all? I've seen the recent trend of them dumbing them down, which I personally regret. Though others prefer that, thinking of Resident Evil 8. I always like them because they're, to me, they're placed in horror games as a means of slowing down the suspense. So... Like, you usually have, it's like a matter of pacing. So you usually have a crazy, like, oh my god, I just barely escaped with my life. And then it's like, you know there's no enemies for X amount of minutes or whatever it's going to take to complete a puzzle. So it gets your mind off the horror, which then allows it to be reopened. So it's like a horror movie. And if the game was always just straight tension, tension, tension... I just don't think it would be that fun. I've mentioned recently I started Outlast 2. In that game, there's really no puzzles. There might be, like, the slightest, like, oh, do you have to push that cart to the fence? And you might have to figure out how to sneak past people. But there's no real puzzles. So I've always been a fan, but I'm biased to shit because, as I've talked about many times, I grew up with Resident Evil. So I love me some puzzles. Yeah, I like puzzles, too. Even though sometimes, like, they can be too cryptic and it gets really annoying. Like, say, like, a game like fucking, like, goddamn Seventh Guest or any of the old point and clicks. Like, some of those are literally just, like, you're clicking on every single thing when every single item, hoping to God that you just do the right thing so you can progress the story a little more. Or, like, I remember there was one puzzle in Silent Hill 3, and I just could not figure out what the hell I had to do for the life of me. So that kind of just, like, ended my playthrough of it. So, and I always, and I, I love the old, old Silent Hills, but I never finished it because of just one puzzle I couldn't figure out. So, like, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. So, I, and I, for whatever reason, I didn't feel like looking up a guide for it. Or maybe I did, like, once and, like, backtracking. I was like, I, like, I couldn't figure or follow it. So I just got frustrated and stopped. So, hmm. yeah, like, no, I do like puzzles. I just want them to not be, like, they don't have to be super dumb, but, like, also don't be super cryptic where it's just, like, somewhat reasonable to figure out. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, don't do Nintendo-level puzzles that require guides. Yeah. Do that. Like I said, I've never felt any Resident Evil puzzle was ever too confusing. It might have been, like, as a kid, a little tougher for me to figure out, but I was always able to, so. Yeah. Yeah, you always get that, like, satisfying aha with, like, a Resident Evil. Some other ones, though, exactly. it's just like, mother, what, what is this? I was like, oh, my God, you can put the broken shotgun there? Oh, speaking of walkthroughs. I had to, I had to cave with my playthrough of Metroid Fusion. I had to look up one spot, and I hate myself for doing it. But I was like, 
I already spent like two hours adding to my playtime trying to figure this out and just frustrating myself. And I probably would have eventually dumped my way into it, but I was like, all right, screw it. No, I'm just looking this up. So <laughs> I didn't have to look up how to beat any bosses. I was able to, like, you know, figure them all out. But just one goddamn little... St- it wasn't even that much of a puzzle. It was just one stupid spot I had to bomb. But I just, for whatever reason, kept missing it or didn't figure it out. So, Jim, don't you always miss the spot? <laughs> right. By the, by the time I even get there, my playthrough's already done. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Damn it, Jim. <laughs> I may have to just start adding that music in for you. You really do. But yeah, no, Metroid Fusion, fucking fantastic. We need we need to do a review of that before uh, when Dread comes out. Try to ride that wave. I'll be down doing all the Metroids, Jim. There we go. All right, so next up from G to the next level. What game system has the best launch game lineup? Shit. Huh. Um... I mean, I I would kind of think you'd probably have to go with something Nintendo earlier, probably. But, I mean, like, the NES, you have the black box games, which, like, most of them aren't that good. No, they're not that good. The Super NES had Super Mario World and, what was it, Super Mario World, Paint. It is, well, I don't know if Paint was. I know it was like Super Mario World. I think F-Zero was one. Um, oh, shit, I'm blanking out here on a lot of them. I think Pilot Wings was one. I don't think Star Fox was. I think Pilot Wings was on the N64. Pilot Wings was also an N64 launch, yeah. yeah. N64 only had two titles at launch. Yeah. Um, um, PS- what was Genesis other than, was it Altered Beast and Sonic? No, Sonic came a couple years later. Genesis okay, so- Genesis' launch was like... Alder Beast, Last Battle, Super Thunder Blade, I think Super Hang On, um, like Space Harrier 2, uh, there's some others that I'm forgetting here, uh, Th- Thunder Force 2, uh, some more. That is a, that's a really tough question. I mean, with like what overall would be the best game, I guess in theory you could go... Because I'm trying to think of like later consoles, I don't think any of them are really going to qualify for this um ps2 i know it had right, Gran Turismo, but i know you don't like you're not you're not gonna go uh 360 for perfect dark zero puts it over the top anyway no jim no i'm not me neither <laughs> i guess i i guess i kind of have to cheap out and say super nes maybe yeah without uh, having I, I without having a list in front of us that might make a fun video one day do a do a stupid tier video and go through all the uh just go through the launch titles yeah i'd be down for that yeah i mean there's uh I, I actually thought about that the one day, and it's funny. I got de- uninspired because I was like, man, no launch titles are really grabbing me. as like, holy hell. Except for, the, like once again, the super classics. Right. But everything else is kind of like, meh. So, yeah, I'd be down for that. Yeah, maybe that'll be a good little little experiment to do for ourselves. Like, I think the Turbo had a pretty decent lineup at launch, but shit like that. No. What? No. Legendary Axe, Blazing Lasers, some other no. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it has some good stuff. Blazing good, Lasers. Good stuff. What? Why not? Compile why, shooter. Fantastic. Why not shooty lights? God, blazing it was, lasers. It's called Gunhead in Japan, but blazing lasers had to be 95. I hate it all. But uh, good question, G. But yeah, I, uh, that's a tough one. Yeah, I guess if I had to say one off the top of my head, I'd probably say Super NES, but without. What was ne- the original Game Boy? Game Boy was, G- Game Boy was uh, I think it was Super. It was Tetris. Super Mario Land, uh, Alleyway, 
baseball. Um, maybe golf. Was, golf was, might have uh, been one. Was that was a Metroid game for that? I know. Uh, no, that was in a launch title. Okay, yeah. I might actually go NES because it has Tetris and Super Mario. You mean Game Boy? That yep, that's what I meant. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, Game Boy had a uh, okay-ish one. I mean, Mario Land's good. Tetris is an all-timer, so. Yeah. Alleyways, I found out. Fucking boring. Oof, but. <laughs> Damn Yokoi Kids. <laughs> hey, they can't all be winners. But yes, it was a Yokoi Kids one. Uh, but no, that is a good question. So, next up from Gamer Astral. Favorite OG Xbox game and hua. Are we doing just exclusives or cross too? Uh, I mean, that, if you want to do, if you want to do one of each, why not? Yeah, I think uh, exclusive. I I gotta mention Stubbs a Zombie. It's a game I loved back in the day. Still love to this day. Um, I was gonna go with the obvious Halo, but I once again I feel like that's a little too obvious. Um, damn, that gen had so many bangers of games. Just because it's fresh in my mind, I'll throw out the thing. It was cross platform. Really fun. Not enough people play it or know about it, but pretty much everyone I know who tries it ends up really liking it. So, yeah, I'll go with those two. All right. Yeah, I mean, for first party, I'm going to have to be super basic and say Halo 2 just because I didn't play enough, like, first party Halo or Xbox back in the day. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I got to comp out there. But as far as uh, cross-platform, I'll either go Star Wars Jedi Starfighter or Hulk Ultimate Destruction, like two mm -hmm. of my favorite games from that era, and... They look the best on the OG Xbox. I could even I could even say Genmo Musha too, but any one of those would probably be you know one of the ones that if I was going to boot up my original Xbox, I would put them in if it was a cross platform. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. The Halos are classic, and Halo Two was going to be my initial pick, but yeah, I mean, it's hard, I tried to, it's hard to go you. against. I mean, like, <laughs> could have done Outlaw Golf. Could have done Outlaw Golf. I actually still need to get that. No, you don't, Jim. <laughs> but probably not going to say Toe Jam and Earl Three. I know I'm not going it to. Technically, could be the best toe jam and earl, Jim. No, it, it is not the best toe jam and earl, <laughs> Jim. The, saying the best toe jam and earl is already an oxymoron. Right? How dare you, sir? That series sucks the dicks. It does not suck the dicks. It does. Well, I don't. I don't like my exploration with walking. It's got character. See? <laughs> wow! Well, just waste time. Oh, look! It's this. Yeah. All right, Jamber. So we had an extra. Patreon question, as you can tell, we're actually together here. Splicing it in since it came in on time. <laughs> we just did the recordings early. So, making sure we get it in for you. From 5th Gen Mook. Outside of the Resident Evil series, what are some favorite survival horror games? I think the obvious is always, you gotta go Silent Hill. Yeah. Right? Well, 1 and 2 at least. 1 through 3 are good. I never played 3. Three's good. Um, so, I see... Do we count Left 4 Dead as survival horror? No. No, survival horror to me is like when you're like item managing, like you're always like, you always feel almost par not powerless, like Alien Isolation. I'd say that's survival horror. Yeah, no, I'll I'll throw Alien Isolation for sure, and I guess that would Dead by Daylight fall in that category. Yeah. I mean, you're trying to survive. You can't really fight the killer. Ish. Yeah, it's ish. like a multiplayer survival horror. Yeah, you can throw Friday the Thirteenth in there then too. Yeah, I would have said Overblood before I went back to it and realized it doesn't hold up. But <laughs> I have nostalgia, but it does not hold up. No, it does not. Um, 
Yeah, I think those are probably. I think the best modern example would be Alien Isolation, as we said. Um, but yeah, Silent Hill. There's a reason that was the number one contender. Even though there was a ton of clones, like Dino Crisis, all the other Sega and Dreamcast games. There was a gazillion of them. I'm surprised you didn't say like Outlast or anything like that. I like it, but it's not my favorite. It's one of those games, I equate it to like when you watch the movie Kids. Once you're done, you're like, that was something I never want to do again. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, great question, Mook. Back to the episode. Last <laughs> up from Eric Lewacki. Did you guys ever donate to an indie games development? Uh, yeah. And I've talked about the... Uh, Rise of Patreon to an indie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't know how long I've been on Patreon to to them, but it's been many Patron. years Patron, now. Patron, goddammit. Patron, whatever. Patreon you know is the I mean. service. Patrons are the people. Fuck. It's all the same. Um, yeah, I, it's been many years, but I've mentioned it enough times on this channel. Just look up Puppet Combo if you want B-style slasher horror games. Yeah, and I've I've uh, been part of Kickstarter for a couple projects. So, like, I got in on Tanglewood. Man, I didn't even wind up liking the game that much. I went in on Z Xeno Crisis, and that's phenomenal. Uh, Kickstarted Battle Axe, and I do like it even if I think it's overpriced, so... Uh, but yeah, no, I've thrown in for a couple games. Nice. Like, I like if it looks like it's something that I'm gonna be, you know, that I'll probably wind up enjoying. Like, I didn't get, I've never been burned by like, like a Mighty Number no. Nine or something like that. <laughs> so like, I've never had those like travesties happen to me. Or uh, fucking Polybius, which took like 12 years to come out. Or uh, what is it, Star Citizen? Is that the one that was like still been yeah. in development for like 10 years or whatever? Mm -hmm. That real famous one. So, yeah, and, like, even Tanglewood, like, I don't like the game, but, like, it's well-made. So, even then, I can't complain too much. It's just like, yeah, it's not my thing. So. Yeah, that would be a tougher pool for me to jump into because of, like, what we've talked about. I would either have to go to a, someone who I know and trust as a developer or do what I'm doing, which is just do an ongoing support for somebody who's already made some games I like, who's proven themselves, and then you just keep supporting them throughout. Yeah, like... Like if like say like Tiki uh, Tiki Pod Productions like the people who do Aqua Kitty, like if they had a like they might for all I know, but like they'd be one that like I'll support with Patreon. Like I always buy their games anyway. So yeah, if you have an in if you find an indie guy who you know they don't disappoint you, it's always a safe bet pretty much. Nice support the small guys. Yeah, like us. Yeah, give us money. <laughs> but speaking of money, that wraps up these <laughs> Patreon questions for this week. So once again, thank you to everyone out there. Please, if you want to be part of the show. $2 a month, you can get into every single episode. Or if you want to help out the page, head over to drinkabeerplaygame.com, hit up the merch section, maybe buy a t-shirt. <laughs> right, you see that one comment, a guy, or our newest patron, JD, said that we need to have a uh, a man bra for uh, those IPA drinkers out there. I think it's a pretty good idea. I mean, we could do it, Jim. We have a tester. <laughs> I didn't even say it. Funny I didn't think of that was going to be coming. Should have seen that coming from a mile away. Did to myself. Jim, would it would it make it better or no. worse if, if I had no. that that one picture of you, the dirt face on the nipples? Better for sales? Probably not. Better for the podcast? Probably. What if it sold like hotcakes? Well, splat me away. I don't have any dignity <laughs> left at this point. All I worship is the all ID dollar, not myself. <laughs> Damn it.
<laughs> yeah, thank you guys once again. Truly, truly appreciate it. Um, Jim, I did add something here as a quick little throw-in since it's five days past. Um, last week, the N64 had its 25th anniversary. And we've talked many times. I busted your balls enough about it. But in general, um, I did want to say, like, what when you think of N64, give me some of your best thoughts and worst thoughts on it. Like, if you had to kind of summarize, not even I'm not even saying games. Like, even if it's just a general thought, like, it, like what is the N64 to you? Because you know that was the one you chose over over PlayStation. So, like, there was obviously something that drew you to that over that. Um, I mean, besides nostalgia, I mean, it's just. It's the ultimate party system, so there's just so many goddamn memories and like summers, even long into like the lifespan of the um, the PlayStation Two. Like my friends and I, we would still get together and just play N64 games whenever we'd be together. So like there, it's the ultimate party system. Like I know it's lacking in a lot of genres, but even in its time, it wasn't like none of those were genres that I cared about. Like I've never, I'm famously never cared about RPGs, but. Like, shoot 'em ups like, that's only been a recent thing for me. So, well, the fact that there's, like, basically, well, there's, like, five shoot 'em ups in total on the N64, like, at the time, that would have never bugged me. It, yeah, I guess, like, over, like, if I'm gonna be fair about the N64, it's a lot of wasted potential and a lot of weird decisions by Nintendo. A lot of bad decisions, too. But I still think that there's just, like, a certain feel and charm that's just all its own to it. Even with, like, the weird money graphics, even with the, uh... You know, the fact that they never changed up the controller to support, like, dual analog, um, even though it had analog before PlayStation, or just the, um, I don't know, just the feel of it. It's just, like, a weird kind of happiness that comes from it. Like, all the titles that hit, like, do hit hard. They always have, like, surprisingly good soundtracks for cartridge-based games. Like, when, when they hit it out of the park, like, they really nail it. It's just, you know, very limited library. So, it's kind of a, it's a victim of a lot of weird decisions by Nintendo. By Nintendo being Nintendo. Yeah. Now, I mean, the system for me always was... What drove me to get it, finally, was the WCW versus NWO Revenge. And I, I'm skipping World Tour, because I, even though I saw that, yeah. Revenge kind of really got me into it, like, with NWO and everything. Yeah. And then once, you know, the WWF, WrestleMania 2000, and No Mercy, like, I, I felt I completely love those games because I was already so ingrained in SmackDown. So just getting something new was like, oh, man, this is awesome. Um, I never fell to any of the first party games. I was always I think the closest would be uh, Mario Kart and uh, Smash Brothers. Right. But outside of that, excuse me, um, you know, like, of course, GoldenEye. And like you said, it's a party system. I do understand what you're saying. Like there, there is a charm there. And yeah, it's like when you get a game you really like, it can hit good, but it's so few and far between. And I've said it many times on the site. I still believe it is the worst age system ever. Like it just graphic sound control, everything like of all the systems I grew up with. That's probably the one that's like, Ooh, it's always the toughest to go back to. And like your, your memories are so foggy with nostalgia with that system. Like I'm the same way. But man, if you're being like completely unbiased, yeah, it doesn't hold up very well. And that whole generation holds up like shit, though. It does, but the only knock I truly have with PlayStation games is the loading times. Like, if they somehow didn't have the loading times, 
I still think a lot of that library holds up better than, than the N64. It, it depends, because you know what? Like, a lot of the platformers, and, like, the only really, really good platformers, I would say, on there, maybe some of the crashes, which are simpler. They're tough, but, like, like it's not like they're, they're 2.5D, basically. So it's still, like, a straight line. It's not, like, anything open. Anything open world, I think, always worked better in a 3D environment on the N64. Because, like, the, I know Gexes are cross-platform, but, like, Gex sucked, Croc isn't that great, Bubsy 3D is a travesty. Like, Castlevania? Apis- Castlevania of the Night. That's, that's not 3D open world, though. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, if you're only thinking... I'm, ta- I'm, ta- I'm talking about, like, the 3D open stuff. Like, basically, like, any time that they had something that tried to copy, like, Mario 64, like, what Rare was doing. And even though, yeah. like, I'm sick of Rare, like, collectathons at this point, like, the N64 always did that best. Like, the stuff that holds up the best on the PlayStation, really, at this point, is just the RPGs. Because, like, I... Hmm. Like, I think the graphics on a lot of PlayStation stuff, with, like, the texture warping and everything, looks really bad. Like, like as much of, like, a horror fan as, like, you are, and, like, I played a shitload of horror on there, too. Like, the fixed camera angles really, what do you call it, like, cover up for a lot of the flaws that the PlayStation has. So if you play a lot of fixed camera games, it's going to look better. But for anything to try to be more dynamic than that, it really looks like crap these days. And like, and, it, and it's just as tough to control, too. See I, see, I think one of the things you hit on, the fact that how limited the N64 was in genres, the PlayStation excelled way more. Oh, that's the just, biggest problem with the N64 is the library. Because I also think, like, fighting games were way better on the PlayStation. Oh, by far, Ra- yeah. Racing games were better on the PlayStation. So things mm. that you didn't play as much. Like, the only good racing game to me on the, on the N64 was really Mario Kart. I mean, Mario Kart, Beetle Adventure is really good. The Extreme Gs are, like... Extreme G one's fun, uh, like N sixty four actually did it pretty well. Like even like cross platform stuff, like NASCAR is perfectly fine on the N sixty four. I have one of them, so yeah. But you you also weren't into simulate like all the Gran Turismo's. You never got into right. Uh, I I played them. I never got deep into them. Yeah, like I liked a lot of those. The Need for Speeds, the more realistic racers, I'll call them like arcadey racers. Yeah, that's what Nintendo's bread and butter is. But like I said, like for PlayStation, for me, when I when we've gone back. And the ones reviewed or I do play, I just feel like I have more fun with the actual gameplay. Whereas N sixty four, except for the classics, a lot of them I go, okay, this is what we're doing. And you know, outside of even Mario sixty four, I still kind of feel like, man, that camera, the one, the one everyone jerks off, is still over, it's overrated. It's not that good. It, I mean, it Mar- was Mario sixty four's camera is rough these days. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying like it was the perfect. It was what was needed. But people like still sometimes try to defend it, like oh, it's it's completely fine. I'm like, no, yeah, just no, say it's it not. was like, the stepping stone, you know? Yeah. But but like I said, it's like N64. Um, when you finally, when did you did you ever get a PlayStation, or did you just go PlayStation Two? Just PlayStation Two. So I didn't I didn't get an actual PlayStation One console until like the 2010s. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. 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 So. Well, what was that driving force? What made you go? Because you were Sega, you so you skipped Super NES. What made you go N sixty four over PlayStation? I was about to say as you were talking about it earlier, load times. That my friend, it. my that was the biggest reason. Because like I'm going from cartridge games, and I'd be over at my friend's house is playing their like Saturn or their PlayStation, and I'm just sitting there going, "Who the fuck wants to sit through this bullcrap? <laughs> like, give me another cartridge system. I can just keep playing." 
Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, without knowing the extent of how much I'm giving up with, like, you know, FMVs and audio quality and stuff like that. Like, just, I like, the idea, like, growing up in the 16-bit era, the idea of sitting through load times was just, like, it was egregious to me. It was insulting. <laughs> it's part of the reason why I laugh today. Like, when you get upset because you don't turn your Xbox on for, like, months at a time, and then you have to update, and you're like, God damn it. Oh, I mean, I am better these days about, like, what do you call it? Like, I'll turn it on. Even if I'm never using it, I'll turn it on once a week just to get updates out of the way. Yeah. But even then, it's like, why do I have to turn on a goddamn system to get updates once a week? Like, fuck yourself. Just have the games work. <laughs> but, Jim, it's those bullshit. updates are fixing things and making them better for the users. What are they fixing? They're fixing the same. Call of Duty has a different update every five seconds. Like, it's, it's got plenty of bugs. That's what it's got. Well, besides now, every goddamn multiplayer game is just, oh, now we're offering new season of blah or new cosmetic that like it's implementing that stupid shit which... yeah and, X and xbox is just as or playstation i should say is just as bad sure. like every time you turn it on there's another goddamn update like what the f yeah. like see it's funny i've actually run into that with my switch because i use that about as much as you use your xbox where i won't turn on i'll be like what the hell i didn't even think this thing had updates yeah switch, switch will have like a big update like once every like three to four months it's yeah. not like Xbox where, like, every two weeks it's just like, oh, the system needs another update. It's like, fucking why? It's a 13-year-old. It's a, not 13. It's a, like an 8-year-old <laughs> system. Like, what do you have these BIOS updates for still? Now, let me ask you. Uh, I guess, has it fully come around? And is the N60, like, at what point will the N64 be like the NES was to us once we start collecting it into our teens? Like, do you ever think it hits that kind of rhythm where it's like so finely remembered or just rediscovered by a newer generation that they just want to go out and gobble everything up for it oh i mean like that's kind of right now for it like yeah i mean as far as the collecting scene goes i mean the prices for everything are just astronomical right now so but even before like the COVID inflation hit like n64 was really starting to take off at that point so i mean if there's gonna be a generation that like really has that nostalgia for it and wants everything for it it's right now so because you go another two to three years, that's when the PlayStation 2 kids really start kicking in. And, yeah. I mean, you're always, you already see it with GameCube, but Nintendo always inflates. But, like, yeah. you'll, you'll see it soon enough with... Actually, no, PlayStation 2's already... And Xbox is already kicking off like crazy. Like, some titles that, like... You're just like, wait, this is worth, like, 80 bucks now? What the hell? So... Well, it's funny because I say it's actually not even new generation. If, if, our... if anything, the, play, the N64 is probably in, like, the general zeitgeist as is looked back on the least fondly because yeah. like it's because everyone grew up with it as their party system but now everyone wants to go back and say oh well it turns out it always sucked because it doesn't have rpgs it's like you didn't care back then you were playing <laughs> it for what it had and you had fun with your friends and now that you're a lonely adult with no one to play with you don't get any use out of your n64 so well it's also at this point chances are you just have switch or a newer console and you're like every party game is done so much better and as it should be right that, yeah newer generations you you won't even be able to contextualize like those games don't have the same staying powers like the early uh super mario brothers like they those party games are a completely they're useless after the next sequel comes out because presumably if you upgrade it to properly give new stuff but keep the core mechanics and you're always going to satisfy yeah like, you would think that well, other than the nerds who, like, you know, still jerk off over Smash Me Melee or Brawl, whichever one, 
you, no one's going to deny that the latest isn't the best for that. Same for Mario Kart, same for Mario Party. Like, you're really not going to argue that too hard unless you have a weird boner for the old ones. Actually, most people, at least with the Mario Party side, like, they hate a lot of the recent ones. Because they have I'd... weird boners. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta gotta get hard for something. <laughs> no, but I figured we had to mention it. I was shocked you... Uh, you didn't want to, you didn't think about hitting anything up for it specifically. That's I almost thought that was that was why Mario Golf was picked for you. Oh no, I was just trying to ride the trend of Super Rush coming out. God damn it, Jeff. Son of a bitch. What? Got to got to try and get some life into this page, Brian. <laughs> Fuck. It's been so goddamn long. <laughs> views are at all-time lows. We got more views in our second year right now. It's it's fucking bad. It's fucking bad. Folks. <laughs> Uh, Jambers. All right, well, now, speaking of bad and terrible what-the-fuck ideas, you put this up here from Marvel Avengers, uh, <laughs> their latest A, a game that's just had a swimming life. And it's it's sad because I still actually like that game. It's grindy as shit, but it is probably one of the best modern Marvel team games, I'll say, mm, since that, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. There's a, there's a high bar that's been set. Yeah, I'm not saying, hey, Marvel doesn't... They only hit it out of the park with their movies, not their game. Well, actually, they do have a lot of great games, but they, a lot of their licensed shit sucks. Yeah, I was going to say, not lately, but what do you call it? Like, yeah, it's been like a total reverse from the uh, from the old PlayStation 2 days when the games were great and the movies were bad. Now it's the old switcheroo. Careful. Blade, Punisher, those were great movies. Don't you They're dare. Good. Don't good. you goddamn dare. But, uh, no, going to this... So, the link is below. It's from Forbes. <sighs> There's nothing quite like finishing a game, and it flashes your IP address. Nah. What? Ha uh, uh, that's such a basic, like, why would that even show up, is my only question. And I don't know how far you've read into it. I mean, it's obviously something they recognize and they're fixing, but, like, that's pretty... Yeah, pretty by, out there. I mean, by now it's probably fixed, but yeah, it basically happened, uh... After they did a launch for a new bad guy in a new cube, Cosmic Cube event. So yeah, a bug happened. It showed your gamer tag, the date and time, other numbers, and also, like you just said, the IP address. And whoo, lordy. So yeah, that happened on uh, June 22nd. So yeah, after a flood of emails, like about two hours later, they're like, we know, we know, we know, we heard, we heard, we heard. But Do what? you think this was uh, someone got fired over it? Someone had to have gotten fired over that. Like, like that's such a fuck up. Like, how do you do that? Like, do you not like, t like you have to like? Does no one? Do they not do any dry runs before they put these uh, these patches out there? They just go, okay, we fixed this thing, put it out there. Like, how the fuck does this happen? And this is like, th like an IP address is the worst thing you can put out there to the general like world. <laughs> It is, I, but the other part of me also kind of thinks like, well, when people dox people, apparently it can't be that hard to find. Like, without knowing anything about how you dox someone or look up someone's IP address, I guess it really isn't as hard as we assume. No, but it, it, it really isn't. Like, if someone wants to go after you and get your information, they're going to do it. Yeah. Like, it's not, but you don't have to make it like, you know, just throw Super it out there easy. for everyone. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's, uh, oh boy. Uh, Square Enix, you need to get your shit together. Don't, don't do that. Stop hurting Marvel's name. 
Yeah, I'm but, shocked they're still letting them go forward with uh, Guardians after shit like that. I know, and even though, like, I think Mar- Avengers sold okay-ish, but I don't. I know it didn't hit any of their sales expectations, and like Probably the player not. base for it died immediately. So like, I I can't believe they're trying to go to that well again. They're trying. I mean, it's gonna be in connection. I forget when Guardian said it was releasing. My guess is they're gonna try and tie it to the next movie. That's my only thought. They, I think they think they see Marvel movie numbers and think that's a direct translation to games. Yahoo. But they forgot you really... Yeah, probably most Marvel fans don't want to be have a grind-heavy game and have your main character be someone no one cares about. <laughs> right, there's something we've learned from all of our use doing this. Having numbers on one platform does not translate to another. <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> <sighs> well, that's how you fuck up a game. But uh, the next item you or the next topic you have up here, and I saw, I thought this was really cool. I want to see what you thought. This no, this came out of nowhere to like everyone when it dropped. So Sonic was added to Minecraft, and I'm sure by the time you're listening to this, most of you probably already know that, and hopefully you saw the trailer. If not, make sure you check the link below. That's another brilliant idea. Minecraft, Fortnite, like. All these things that pull licenses from other games, and the way they've introduced him into it, like, I don't know anything more than that trailer I watched, but I don't, like, if you're able to actually do some of that shit in Minecraft, bravo. That's a genius idea and a way to introduce every generation back into Sonic if they have or have not already been involved with it. Yeah, so from the trailer, from what it looks like at the very least, it's like they're making sonic levels in minecraft for you mm-hmm. to play but like i'm sure you know it's minecraft so you can be able to use those assets to do your own shit too yeah. like fuck it and like when we talked about when they like put street fighter into fortnite like people are pissed off and complaining absolutely no complaints or anyone mad at all about this yeah. like literally everyone's just been like oh my god that's a brilliant idea like there's so many people on my timeline who always like try to shit on minecraft and you know Stuff like, you know, stuff like that. And they even go, I guess I'm going to download Minecraft for the first time. Like, (laughs) it's literally drawing people in. Yeah. It looks awesome. I think if they not only have the assets, but if they do that speed mechanic, and then, yeah, people create their own worlds for Sonic. Like, the the creativity of people that come out of Minecraft and the shit I've seen created. Oh, my God. Like, that add on sonic the next great sonic game is going to be created by some fan who just made a crazy world (laughs) (laughs) the last great sonic game got made by a fan so let him do it all over again but yeah Yeah. i mean no i mean there there's not much to say except for like this just dropped literally out of nowhere this wasn't even part of like sonic's um you know his 25th celebration his 30th celebration or any video of anything like that like it was just the only goofy thing about it is the wording when they said it's Sonic's turn to be yeeted into Minecraft. That was the stupidest shit in the world. Like I thought yeeted was always you're getting like basically killed and shot out of a cannon. Basically, I didn't think. And people were like, maybe that's the internet boomer in me. Maybe I'm too old for yeeted now. But and you're the internet guy, Jim. <laughs> yeah, and even I was you like, wait a second. I don't think this is the correct nomenclature here. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, like, I haven't touched Minecraft since like 2012. But even I'm like, hey, if this is cheap enough, like I'll I'll get the uh, I'll play say, Sonic. You almost, you almost have to do it. Yeah, no, I'm really interested in this. So yeah. keep it cheap. I'll I'll download this. Why the hell not? 
No, that's a brilliant idea in Minecraft. Like, keep doing that. Like, you never have to release a second game. Just keep updating your core game. That's it. Yeah, it's why it's never been... I mean, there's been so many spin-offs and everything like that. Like, Minecraft... Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's what happens when you're video, the ultimate video game Legos. You can do whatever you want. Perfect idea, man. I, more and more games, I think, are seeing the value. I've mentioned Dead by Daylight being one that's been out since 2016, and they just keep adding to it. GTA Five did that for They're all ever. And, you know, I think it, it wouldn't shock me. Like, Warzone is the first time a Call of Duty thing has gone multiple years, and they've kept it. Like, so... Yeah, like, Blackout... Blackout crawled so uh, Warzone could run, basically. Yeah. And, like, Warzone's the thing that, like, that like there's still different Call of Duties every year, but, like, I want to be shocked if it's... It, but Warzone's it's almost its own service at this point. It's, like, exactly. its own app. It definitely so, like, is. Yeah, because it's downloaded for free, just like Fortnite, so... Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a smart move, man. I think that's the way to go. That's how, how you also maintain prices. That either you make it free and you know enough people are going to buy your season shit or whatever... Or you do like that initial base price and just add sh add DLC over many many years. Yeah, like games as a service, like there's a lot of pitfalls and ninety percent of people don't do it right. But when they do do it right, that's when you get these games that last for over a decade. Yeah, which we we've, we've never seen in our lifetime. So that's the wave, man. Yep. So yeah, good on good on you, Minecraft. Holy crap. Yeah, and if for some reason you're someone who doesn't like it, let us know in the comments why. I'd be very curious to see. Who's mad about that? <laughs> yeah, for real. Give me any. Try to give me any real argument why Sonic being thrown into Minecraft is a bad thing. Yeah. So help me God, if you do it, whoever you are. <laughs> There's gonna be one guy who goes, "Well, it's taking attention away from the next Sonic game." Shut up, Mimsy. But what about Steve? Ah. <laughs> uh. All right, James, so you put this up here, and I like it. For one of our reoccurring bits, we have overrated, underrated, and you wrote down quick saves, because I know in the past we did do, we, we've compared which is better, um, and we've kind of talked about this, but uh, ooh, are quick saves overrated or underrated? Um, you know what? Because I, I, I truly don't know where you're going to go with this. I'm going to say overrated for one reason or another. The call it whatever gen we are the the how we grew up you save progress too much all the time because you you we've been through that point where we've lost everything so i almost never use quick save um and the few times i have it's overwritten another quick save that i meant to like save so it's actually fucked me over the few times i have tried to utilize it so i almost never use it um, I, we've mentioned on every Bethesda game, I, I'm like someone with hundreds of saves over however many, 80, 90, 100 hours. Um, and yeah, like, I can't think of a use for it in video games, because it's not that laborious to just go and save your game. Like, to me, it's that's different than a checkpoint or an autosave that, like, you know, auto saves to a certain checkpoint. I'm just comparing quick save to the if you have a standard save button in a game, there's really no need for that. Like to save yourself that extra second it would take to save. So for me, for that reason, I think they're a little overrated. Yeah, I I, I guess the one I should have put in here would have been like 
because I always uh, like associated quick saves with auto saves. But yeah, when you put it that way, I'm like, oh yeah, they are kind of different. Because you can just you know do a quick save but not have it like overwrite your entire thing or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I guess at the end of the like, I mean, if it, we were saying auto saves too, I probably would have said the same thing. But like, yeah, like one, it's almost un like it's an unnecessary feature. And two, like, everyone's like, oh, well, you got to have this thing where you can just, like, you know, save whenever, save right away. And, like, that, being able to have that little, like, click of a button, like, it almost takes, not that it takes the challenge away from the game, but it takes, like, the circumstance away from the game. Because, like, mm. if you can just quick save whenever, like, you're not, like, and this, part of this stemmed from me having my playthrough recently of Metroid Fusion, where you have save rooms, like, any standard old school Metroid game. Sure. So, you're running through, you know, you're playing through a big thing, you just did a lot of exploring oops, ran into something I should have, and now I'm dead. And I just lost a half hour of progress. Shit like that. So, it's like, for as annoying as it is, is to, you know, you know, have to go back and redo everything that you just did, there's also that sense that it just adds to the overall experience of, like, making you play a little more cautious, or, like, you know, worrying a little bit more, or, like, learning from your mistakes kind of deal. Where if you're just running through a thing, and like, do something quick save, do something quick save, do something quick yeah. save. Like, what's the fuck the point of that? Like... Like, at that point, why are you even, like, trying to, you know, progress the story any more than you already are? Like, you're not really trying to play or give yourself any kind of, you know, happenstance anyway. So, it just seems like, it can, it almost seems like a safety blanket that people could just put in there that's just, like, I get it can be useful, but at the end of the day, it's like, why though? Yeah. Like, because you're just still taken away from the overall thing in my mind. Well, let me ask you this. So, this ties into that we've had the conversation about easy modes. What if, like, the standard normal mode had the ability to have quick save um, wherever? Like, so if you were going through Metroid Fusion, you have that. But then if you did hard mode, it's the exact same difficulty of the enemies, but now you just don't have that feature. So now you now you create those wider gaps. Um, and then you can go to Legendary, Brutal, all the other crazy shit. But that way, there is a clear gap for someone like you. Like, you like that experience of, like... I want to earn my save. Whereas right. other people will, will be like, well, I don't want it to be so easy. I could go through it and quick saves are useless, but I kind of still want to get through the game. So what if they did start using difficulty spikes associated with those type of quick saves? Would that be something that'd be better for you? I think that should be a pretty good idea. Yeah. Like I feel like that addresses everyone's concerns. And then every, every video game, by the way, does every video game need seven levels of difficulty? Like, when you get past brutal, legendary, godlike, like whatever the fuck they name them at these points, like really, how much more difficulty you need it? Like just, especially on FPSs, just finally give whatever the hardest. Now you die in two hits. Now you die in one hit. Ex that's what it is. It's like yeah, your damage, how much you take. So, I I would love that if if uh, you're a game developer, quick saves only save them for normal or easy. Make your hard the same as normal. Just get rid of the frequency of saving yep or even just give us an option to turn it off too yeah at the very no, least. that's good too yeah so no good one so i think though we both agree they're overrated yeah not saying they're a bad thing but they're just overrated like you'll see sometimes people are like oh there's no quick saves like what the hell it's like well, then you don't have it deal with it <laughs> you know what it is i think that is this is where this is probably the biggest one where we, we're showing our age and generation because oh, yeah. think about though how often how long did it take you when you start using google apps and you went to hit save and you're like oh it just keeps on auto saving for me dude that still gives me anxiety <laughs> i i'm the same way so i'm like 
uh, I guess like sometimes I even went as far as like exporting a document and saving like a different copy of it just because I was like, is it really saving it? Like what's going on? You, you know, you know what Google Drive needs. Google Drive needs a dummy button, a dummy disk <laughs> button that's a save button that I can just click and just feel like, like you know, actually save it at that point, even though it already saved after it made a change and auto saved itself. Yeah. But just like you know, just give me that little dummy button for just like you know, just for old Boomer May. Yeah. Like, it, it's like when you're in the hospital and you're on a morphine drip. Like, you can click the button as much as you want, but you're only getting your morphine every, like, once every couple hour or something like that. Yeah. Like, just give me that. <laughs> give me a placebo. Give me the placebo button. Unfortunately, Jim, uh, you, our kids and future generations, they're going to completely depend on that. And then they'll, if they ever, I hope they don't have to experience the pain of that we did, of not saving something and losing all your progress. See, you motherfuckers, <laughs> like, even beyond that, like, even even going one step further... I grew up with Mac OS 7.5. <laughs> you know what Mac OS 7.5 did? Mac OS 7.5 would give you a nice little bomb on your screen in a dialog box in the middle of doing any kind of goddamn project for homework and losing everything. Going back to like the last time you turned on the goddamn machine, that level of bad. Well, Macs were terrible. Macs were the joke of computer world until they weren't. Right, yeah, no, no, their operating system was shit from, like, 1991 until OS X came out, so, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, let us know what you think in the comments. Maybe you're someone who really, really loves and appreciates that. I'd love to hear why, because uh, I just think they're redundant. If you have the ability to save already, you don't need that extra feature. Yep. All right, and then our final topic for this episode, uh, which is better? And Jim, very interesting one. The Sega Nomad or the Turbo Express? I'm going to go right away with the Sega Nomad. Uh, for the obvious reason, one, who the, the fuck? The game library. Every game library, whoever used the Turbo Express. The Nomad looks better. Um, so I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I know. I'm just saying. I don't know if I'll go with the Turbo Express. The Nomad looks better. I, I think it looks better. Now, I don't... This is speaking from someone who... I know no technical specs. Who the screen does it. No. I, I'm i just saying, like, the, the aesthetic looks like a handheld that would be more uh, ergonomic in my hands, if you will. And it just looks more pleasing to the eye. It's what I more expect from a handheld. I think when I was at that flea market... I think I actually did see a Sega Nomad, but it was a price that I was <laughs> not comfortable paying without knowing. And oh, no. Nomads go for crazy money no matter yeah. what right now. So it's one of those, I'll, I'll never own one, but if you said, here, Brian, you could have one or the other, without knowing values and collector status, I would always pick up the Nomad over the Turbo Express. Now, I'm curious. Are you there too, Jim? Or are you actually a weird thing for the turbo express see the, the only problem with turbo express for me it looks like nothing more than those old shitty ass uh portable tvs it looks more well, like an expanded game boy with a shittier small screen see, whereas that's, nomad looks bigger see that's what i was gonna go with too because you're talking about how it, the nomad looks more like a portable system whereas the turbo express looks like a souped up game boy basically with I, a full color screen, you're the playing Nomad full console looks games like on it. What the sw Switch got inspired by, and the Wii U, like the the platform, like it looks more landscape. Versus, oh, it is more landscape, yeah. And and I think for what it, you're trying, I mean, to that play, got inspired by the Game Gear, basically. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, I think 
I prefer, I've always preferred, even though I, you know, I'm not big on handhelds and I grew up with a Game Boy. I never thought that was a great design. I thought it was designed because that's the way it was designed. I didn't think Game uh, Nintendo ever made a good handheld ergonomically until they got to, was it the DS was the first landscape one? Um, For Nintendo? No, the GBA. The first GBA. I, the one I you saw the one I had the flip one. Yeah, the one before that was the uh, the landscape with the D pad oh, okay. over here and the buttons yeah. here. Yeah, so, before it had the backlight and all. Like just for, like hand placement, screen look, I like that style better personally. And yeah, no, like, the original Game Boy Advance is a super comfortable system. It just doesn't have a light up screen. So. Hmm. So yeah, so I mean that's part of the big reason why I say I think the Nomad looks better. Yeah, I mean, I actually have to go Nomad, too. As much as I would love to have a Turbo Express, uh, I, I forget. Here's the big thing for me. I forget if the Turbo Express is region-locked or not. Because if it is region-locked, then you're stuck to, like, 90 games. Now, if it isn't region-locked, then you have all the PC Engine stuff you can throw in there. So I actually forget offhand if it's region-locked or not. But, I mean, it does have the cool attachments, like, you could with the Game Gear, where, like, or the, yeah, Game Gear. Where, like, the, it had a TV tuner, so you, you could watch TV on the go with it. Which, for little young Jimmy, like, seeing that on the Game Gear was just <laughs> mind-blowing. <laughs> so, you don't have really, like, any attachments or accoutrement, as you can say, that you can throw under a Nomad. But what do you have? You have a portable Genesis at that point. It, yeah, and that was really... Was that the first system to try to do that? Like, bring a home console library on the road? No, it's a Turbo Express. Oh, was it Turbo Express? Yeah. How how early was it before Nomad? Three or four years. Yeah, but no way. In all realities, but no, I mean, the numbers for people who had Turbos versus... And I'm no, no, you're, you're 100% right. Yeah, no, especially in North America. Yeah. Like, I think the Turbo Graphics barely sold 2 million if it even sold that much in North America. Was there... There was never a Nintendo equivalent to that, right? No, you know, there's never... I think the Switch is really the first one where it's like home console on the go for Nintendo. Let me ask you, I also bust your balls about the Wii U. Could you play those games at all, like away from the console? Yeah, but only up to like 20 to 30 feet. Oh, so not real. Yeah, you're not on the train playing them. No, 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 you can't okay. do that the Wii U. So real, yeah, really, Switch is the first time. Because, well, no, Sony didn't. The closest was PSP, but that was its own library, so... Yeah, I mean, they eventually ported stuff, but for, like, you know, playing current-gen stuff on the go, the Turbo Express was the first. It, it it begs a question, especially with the way technology is, and, like, something like Xbox. I, sh I think one time I, I shared, it was a joke, it was called, like, the Xbox Z, with this really neat flip-up that was basically ran, like, Game Pass and Xbox, like, game networks. I'm yeah. shocked all systems don't just come out with a handheld that plays whatever their network games are at a minimum or do you think that's just where they're gonna go um i mean i think that's probably a thing like i'd be shocked that there isn't like if everything just doesn't become like a cloud-based like the way xbox is coming out there like x cloud player yeah. or like the z cloud player whatever they're calling it so, so or like even like you know copying stadia's thing or like the way amazon's doing their new like nula i forget what it's called so even though you think the Nomad's better, here's my question. Same. Little Jimmy Wimmy Pants is offered. Hey, you can have a Nomad or a Turbo Express. Right now, without... I mean, you probably already know collector's value. Which yeah. one are you taking? 
between a Turbo Express and a Nomad? Yeah. Turbo Express. Is it just worth a lot more? I think so. I think it's probably worth double. I, like, the last time I looked at Nomads, I think they were, like, 200 I think Turbo Expresses are going for, like, four to 500 now. If they were both the same price, would you still take Turbo? Cause you... If I had... If they were... Say they were both 200 bucks yeah. and I had the choice of buying one or the other... I just because I'm weird, I'd probably go turbo because I like weird stuff. I was gonna say so, even though your library is probably the largest bulk is Genesis, and now you can play oh the it largest bulk, the largest the largest bulk is Genesis. But either way, I'm probably not like playing that much of either on the go or taking it with me anywhere. That's true. I was gonna say but, like, would you even use either one if you had it? No, I would never justify the cause. That's why I'm not buying either of them. Yeah. So, but no, if I did have one, I would probably like to have because here's the thing. Like, when I'm downstairs, like, if I have just, like, if I feel like playing retro nine times out of ten, or oh, eight times out of ten, the Genesis will be the one that's, like, booted up, and then it'll be whatever I feel like playing after the fact. Mm. So if I had, say, the Turbo Express in my hand, I could just, say, keep upstairs with, like, a couple of the cards. Like, it's a way to not have a lot of space taken up, and, you know, it's way more convenient that way. And then it'll be like what I do with the Switch, where I just plop it in and sit down and play, so... I would probably get more use in general out of a Turbo Express than a, what do you call it, out of a Nomad. How many Turbo games are you up to now? Um, I haven't bought a Turbo game in months. Um, uh, what do I have? 30-some? Maybe okay. 40 total? Yeah. Interesting. No, I mean, that that's a good which is better. I think, uh, like I said, the Nomad's a weird one, even for me, that I'm always kind of like, even though I, I have shit for a actual physical library... But yeah. that was just always a cool system. I think the same way of the Game Gear though, and the Links. Like, I, 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 those are two I mentioned to you that were there too. And the prices are just too crazy for me to, especially because I always hear Game Gears never work. Okay, you know what the Turbo Express is? What do you call it? Oh yeah, Game Gears are always. That's a problem with Turbo Expresses and with Nomads too. Like all these little portable old school ones, like the capacitors on them are all dog shit. Yeah. So, like, Game Boys live through nuclear bombs. Like, Game Gears don't live through anything. Just better so, well designed, yeah. Yeah, and Turbo Express isn't region locked. So, yeah, so you would probably have to buy, like, if you wanted to get the most out of it, you'd have to buy a Japanese one. Mm. Buy a Japanese Turbo Express. Because the North American one, you're stuck with, like, 90 games. Yeah. So, nice. That makes it tough. Now, you're going to have some compatibility issues with the Genesis games like you do with a normal Genesis. But, yeah, I mean, overall, the Nomad's going to be the one, the better one to get just because of the library. Yeah. Nice. Well, let us know in the comments which one would you guys prefer, or does anyone in the comments actually have it? And if you ever want to send it to us for us to review, please Or do. if someone <laughs> in the comments has both, and they have first-hand experience, so for the two people out there. <laughs> yeah, but I would love to hear from someone who actually owns either or both. That would be great. Yeah, I actually, I've seen a Turbo Express once at, like, a game store, and it was loose, and they wanted, like, 500 And I was like, <laughs> Jim could get a Vectrex and some with that kind. Yeah, <laughs> I could get I could get almost two Vectri for that amount of money. <laughs> Shit. Uh, so Chambers, how did that Golden Monkey treat your headache? I don't know if it was the Excedrin kicking in. Well, actually, the headache's still there a little bit. But between the Golden Monkey and the Excedrin, and just concentrating on the podcast more than my head, the the headache subsided a little bit. Nice. But yeah, I mean, it, it's for as far as the beer goes, it, it's Golden Monkey. Yeah, this uh, Dive Bar Ale, this is one I think you'd really like. Like I said, it's like a Blue Moon with that little bit of spice from the coriander and the orange. Um, it's fine. Uh, it's not bad. A Salkney Creek is one of those. I always feel like they're a hit or miss. And this one, 
is like just above average. I, I'd say like, okay, if you're going on a five, like I'd say 3.5 or 3.75 out of five. Pretty damn good, enough flavor, and it's only 4.62%, so it would take a couple of these to get really drunk. So with that, everyone who's listening, please, um, if you haven't already, make sure you hit subscribe, tell your friends about it, hit the like button, comment below if there's anything you would like to hear us talk about or any topics we haven't hit on before. And if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, please make sure you give us a five-star rating, even if you want to bash us in the comments. We love engaging with everyone who listens to this podcast, and we truly appreciate all the support we've gotten to this point. So with that, we want to say have a good night, everyone, and cheers. Cheers, guys. Buy a t-shirt!